This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. Welcome into a new episode of the Storm Center Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Everhart. Been a pretty exciting week all throughout Trine Athletics. We're going to go through the weekly rundown. Then we're going to have Jacob Nelson and Ben Wanger. We're going to have some hockey talk, and then Ben and I are going to talk some basketball. Pretty packed week this week. So, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and jump into it. Hit it. You're in the Storm Center. Women's wrestling was in the Adrian College Round Robins on Tuesday. They will be in the regional qualifier on Friday. Women's basketball beat Kalamazoo 80-35 on the road on Wednesday. They then hosted Calvin and got the 65-47 win on Senior Day. They will host St. Mary's on Wednesday, and then they will finish the regular season at Adrian on Saturday. Women's track and field was in the Big Meet Friday event on Friday. They then went to uh, UND to be in the UND team invitational on Saturday. They will be in at the His- Hillsdale tune-up and the Alex Wilson Invitational on Saturday. Congrats to Evie Miller on setting the school record in the 3,000-meter run and running the 10th fastest 3K time in D3 history. And congrats to Valerie Obear on earning her third MIAA Player of the Week of this season. Women's ice hockey lost 3-2 in overtime on Friday to Lake Forest. They then lost to Lake Forest 5-1 on Saturday. They then hosted Finlandia and beat them 7-2 on Monday. They will host Finlandia on Tuesday, then they are going to travel to Lawrence for the weekend. Acrobatics and Tumbling traveled to Concordia, Wisconsin and lost 232.795 to 223.160 on Saturday. Synchronized Skating was in the Tri-State Skating Competition on Saturday. Men's Basketball hosted Hope on Wednesday and beat the Flying Dutchman 82-75. They then hosted Calvin on Saturday and fell short on Senior Day as the Knights won 75-64. They'll be at Kalamazoo on Wednesday and then finish the regular season at Adrian on Saturday. Men's track and field was in the Big Meet Friday event on Friday. They then went to Indy to be in the UND team invitational on Saturday. They'll be at the Hillsdale tune-up and the Alex Wilson invitational on Saturday. ACHA D2 men's hockey hosted Davenport on Friday then traveled there on Saturday. Men's ice hockey traveled to Lawrence for the weekend and won 6-2 on Friday and 7-2 on Saturday. They will host Lawrence on Friday and Saturday in the first round of the Harris Cup playoffs. And finally, men's volleyball was in St. Louis this weekend and swept Augustana 3-0 on Saturday. They then beat then-undefeated Loris 3-2 on Sunday as well as a 3-0 sweep over Concordia Chicago. They'll be at Indiana Tech on Tuesday. All right. Let's bring in Jacob Nelson once again to talk about hockey. Got Ben Wangard with us here, too. So um, we're going to start out with women's hockey. Ben, pretty eventful week for both teams. I mean, I think uh, I haven't really been uh, following women's hockey too much, to be honest with you. Sorry, guys, no offense. I'm more of a basketball guy myself. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, uh, women uh, picked up the win February 14th. They beat Finlandia. Uh, Was not very tightly contested. Um, I didn't even get a chance to look at those stats. Um, but, yeah, that was a game that was rescheduled, actually, from early in the season, all the way back in January. And uh, so they got the chance to play. Finlandia was 3-15 and 15 coming into the game. Trine was 5-15. and 15, So Trine picking up a pretty important W over here. But, uh, Jake, I hear you got something for us, man. Oh, yeah, big win for the women's team last night. 
Um, Randy, Randy Wilson. Wilson with the hat trick. Yes, sir. Uh, had a goal that was right off the faceoff, and Landy had just scored. That one was insane. It was she went right, right down right, there. Right off the faceoff, walked by everybody, just deked a goalie and put it in five seconds later, which I don't know, I don't know what the record is, but that's got to be a record for one of the fastest goals yeah. uh, after, a, after a goal. Yeah. Like, it's not a back-to-back goal, unfortunately, but it has to be a record for quickest, quickest answer. Yeah, if I'm looking at the scoring summary right here, it says Finlandia – at 16 minutes and 45 seconds scored, and then try and scored at 16 minutes 50 seconds. Yep. <laughs> it, it was a it was a crazy game. My practice got canceled, so I got to work it. I got to be on the computer for that. That was awesome. Uh, shots were 43 to eight. Uh, yeah, they yeah. killed. <laughs> Pepper had the one first period shot, and it still took them 14 minutes to get that. I believe. <laughs> yeah. It took him a while to get their first shot. And one of the two goals that we gave up was on their power play. So, and it was a great tip. Like, it was one of the best tips I've seen in women's hockey. Yeah. One thing that I think in that game that really stood out, and I think uh, Brooklyn Sosinski, she was on the broadcast, she mentioned it was the uh, power play for trying wasn't that great. It wasn't great. We did have a lot of zone time, though, right. which is progress. We did, weren't able to finish, but we had shots. We had zone time. They didn't spend too much time in our own zone mm-hmm. on our power play, which is really good. Yeah, just uh, really looking forward to the game tonight because, I mean, 7-2 to on Monday. Let's see what happens on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's any bad blood between teams. I could not read it at all. It didn't <laughs> appear to be much. Oh, a few players on Finlandia were getting frustrated, but you're going to have that when you're down 7-2, to 6-1, stuff right. like that. Yeah, that's going to be a really good game tonight, and then they're going, they're going to Lawrence for the weekend. That's going to finish off their regular season, correct? Uh, yes, it is. Those are the, their last two games of the regular season, which I think we have a chance to win those games. I uh, didn't look much into Lawrence's schedule. Um, they didn't appear to have much luck, according to the uh, NCHA website. But uh, I think it'll be a few good games. And uh, also, we, I mentioned it last week, but since now you're here, Jacob, you can expand on it. Brandy Wilson last week broke the program record for most goals and points in a single season. And then the men's team tweeted about it and saying, we believe that she is the most score, like highest points total for any trying hockey player, men or women. I'd have to look into that. I'm not a hundred percent sure. If if they're saying it, it probably is true. Yeah. It could be true. But I'd have to look into that uh, during the week and hopefully get another answer to you guys. Hopefully next week if I'm able to come. Shout out Brandy Wilson, stud, yeah. <laughs> stud muffin. Like, like I said, I've really been following women's clock, uh, hockey too closely it's just busy with a lot of different sports going on but even i've heard the name brandy wilson plenty of times especially right. over this last like week she's just been balling out that obviously congrats to her on the hat trick that's a huge accomplishment uh so shout out to brandy wilson from the storm center podcast yeah, she's <laughs> absolutely been looking at up. the lawrence uh, women's hockey schedule looking at their past games uh they played finlandia probably two and a half weeks ago and lost by a combined score of seven to two. So 
hopefully we can win those games. I don't see a reason why we wouldn't be able to. And that would just a really good way to just that would be great to finish off the season. A couple mm-hmm. wins. Unfortunately, I mean, they lost on senior day and all that, but if you finish off the season with a W, that's really important. Yep. They won pink in the rink night, so that's a plus. That was a great event they put on too. Yep. I think it's worth stating that Lawrence women's ice hockey has a record of zero and twenty one, oh and fourteen in conference play. Uh, they're 0-12 on the road. So um, maybe looking to get in that win column, but, I mean, I think that bodes well for, I mean, knock on wood, but I think that bodes well for our uh, for our women that are traveling up there to Lawrence. That will be, be a good game. It's a long road trip though, all the way up to Wisconsin. I, I do feel like that will be a great chance to add to the win total for the year. Yeah, definitely just bring up the percentage there a little bit. And um, believe, let's move on to men's hockey. So they went to Lawrence over the weekend. And got a couple wins, and now we're looking at playoffs. Mm-hmm. So the two, we beat Lawrence twice this past weekend by a combined score of 13-4 to four in their barn, which I think is important to mention since this upcoming weekend for playoffs, we're at home. Right. In which, according to my sheets, we are have a 9-2 and two record at home with a loss to Lake Forest, and the other one, I believe, is Adrian. Who back, is, all the way back and, in November. And that yeah. Adrian game was super close. Yeah. And the Adrian's Adrian game was team. super close. The Lake Forest game was on a few unfortunate bounces and couldn't come back from it. But we have a great chance of moving on to the next round in our men's hockey team playoffs. I'm excited for these games. Yeah. Drew, Drew and I are calling the uh, Friday night game on the 18th against Lawrence. That'll be a good one. That's at 7 p.m. Then Saturday, I got the game. Uh, me and Elle will be on the call for that one at four. So those be those are exciting. Um, but yeah, like you said, if you can beat a team at their place, ain't no reason that you can't beat them at home when you have your own fans to to back you. And I know, especially recently, Trine has really been getting behind the hockey team here. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. been it's been fun to see. We've had by far the best season in program history and a ton of records. That Jacob, oh, yeah. I believe you have the updates on. Yep. Just- a ton of records being broken. So so going down the list, goals per game hasn't changed. We're still at 4.2 there, which is still a lot higher than what record's been in the past. Uh, points per game is still at 11. Uh, shots are at 39.2, which is down a little bit, but still over nine-shot record there. Uh, wins were up but to 17, which is an old record's 14, I believe. Uh, goals scored were up to 105. Uh, assists, 174. Points, 279. Shots, 980. So a long list of records and by a wide margin. Yeah, just uh, It's not – It's we still got a minimum of two playoff games left. Right. Yeah. And I don't see why we'd have an issue with those playoff games, so we'll probably have two more games to play. I don't know that much about statistics and how you factor in playoffs and all that. Will they stop, like – Obviously, we're going to keep tracking records and all that, but will they stop it with, like, a regular season record or will they allow the playoffs to factor in with those? I'm not 100% sure how they've done it in the past. I've been going off of the record sheets on the Trine Thunder website. If you go to the uh, homepage of a team, go to the more section, there's a drop-down of the history and records. Mm -hmm. I've been going off the sheets that are in there. So that 
is all dependent on how it's updated by the SIDs okay. at Trine. Yeah, because I was like, I mean, because what if one game you don't shoot as high of a percentage and then that affects the percentage or something like that? Yeah. I have no idea. I think it would just depend on how the SIDs are working it. So, uh, go... I believe, let's see, I'm trying to pull up a previous year from to see how they might have scored it in the past. Sorry, a lot of clicking going on. Yeah, but Ben, like you said, it. Um, we're going to be on a call on Friday. I decided I'm going to have to come out of retirement. For yes, hockey. sir. We got Drew Everhart out of hockey retirement and back on the mic. But that'll be fun. I haven't I haven't got to do a, a hockey game since I think it was the Chatham game back in November, um, when we beat Chatham three nothing at home. Um, I believe for me it's been December. So it's 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 been a while, but I'm excited to get back in there. Uh, our hockey team is so much fun to watch. Yeah. Um, they're so good. Uh, always exciting. And I feel like every time I every time I go watch them, they're just on a different level. Uh, and like this season especially has been great. Um, and it's crazy how. How quickly Trine has come to their own uh, as a hockey team since the program started only like four years ago. Yeah. So like it's crazy how quickly they've turned around. Uh, now already looking at a playoff and probably gonna make it make a run into the playoffs. Which this isn't like a make the playoffs and then one and done type deal. I think this team has a real shot to make a run. Right, Jacob, you have the stats. Yeah. So the women's hockey team had twenty five games in the eighteen nineteen season, and according to the record uh, sheet on the website. They had 25 games played, so it does appear to that they do count playoff games for okay. these records. So they will still be updated accordingly through the through the whole season. I would hope that one game wouldn't alter the stats too much, but I I have no idea. If like if you're in an elimination game and you just get stomped, which I'm not saying is going to happen, but sometimes that would affect some records. Yeah, I don't think will face an opponent that will completely de- destroy our records, mm-hmm. uh, especially since we have Lawrence for two more times and we outscored them 13-4 to four right. for the last two games that we played at their place. I don't think that would be a huge thing we'd have to worry about. So, and Adrian we kept up with. The only one that might be an issue is St. Norbert, who outscored us 15-8. to eight. And we were playing them uh, a few weeks ago. And hopefully we don't run into them again. That would I bet that we'd be prepared for it. Like it'd probably be some still really good games. Oh no question. Right now we are lined up for Lawrence for two and then eight teams make the playoffs. So Lake Force is gonna get Adrian, so I would imagine we get the winner of that. And Adrian's gonna beat Lake Forest. Yeah, so you gotta imagine that's gonna be Adrian. They're so good at hockey. They're eighteen and zero in conference play this year. Like it's we were so close in those two games. Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. they were like I thought we were gonna get the win at home, and I was gonna be hyped. The two games we lost to them, the one at Adrian was a last minute two on one. And then the one here was digging ourselves into a hole that we couldn't dig out of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, so a lot to look forward to in hockey. That means that uh, Jacob's going to have to come back 
for a few more weeks so yes, we sir. keep going the way we're going. Yeah. The only loss for Adrian this year was the first game of the year against Utica College, who is top three probably in the country. That's That says it right there. So, um, Jacob, is there anything else uh, we should know for hockey going into the weekend? No, I think that's it for this week. All right, man. Well, we appreciate you as always, and hopefully uh, schedules align. We'll be here next week. Hopefully. All right, time to talk some basketball. Ben, we uh, had an interesting week of basketball. Bryce Williams said that it was a big revenge week for the men's team. They got two out of the three games they were going for revenge in. Just unfortunately could not get the third one in. Yeah, I mean, the first two, I mean, it was it was a great start for them. Obviously, you want to get that Alma game back. Um, probably a team that I think most people would say that this team, this Alma team had no business beating uh, trying the first time around. So they went back to Alma on February 5th, took care of business. But that second game on the 9th, that hope game that we got to do together was probably one of the best games that I've gotten to call so oh far. My God. That was such a good game. Uh, I'm excited to talk about that one, but I think we got to talk about the Alma game a little bit first. Um, so obviously going to the game, uh, trying had lost at home to a dismal Alma team. They were coming into the game with no wins in the conference. Still the only win that they have in conference play is over trying. Um, but overall this, uh, not a great shooting game for, uh, for Nick. He went three for 11, but Bryce Williams really picked up the slack Had four three pointers went ham. And then of course, Manny off the bench gave 11. So a little bit of a boost off the bench. Uh, again, interesting minute distribution. Uh, we've been seeing that a lot recently, just moving guys around from Coach Miller. Grant Paul checked in. Ryan Preston's been getting a few minutes a game the, the last few weeks. He played I again. I love watching everyone mm. on the team, but Preston's one that really sticks out. He's got, like, that, like, like sneaky, like, athleticism. Like, he, yeah. like, when he comes in, like, he looks like an athlete, like, obviously all these guys do. But then he goes up. I saw him during warm-ups. He just jumped up, casually threw down a dunk like yeah. it was nothing. I was like, man, he just... Made it look like light work. That's something that we expect from like Nick or like. Well, remember Brent what Bryce Cox. said that was like Ryan kind of reminds him of Bowman athletically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely a gifted kid. He got in there, cashed on some on some free throws, and then checked back out. He only played for two minutes, but regardless, it was nice to see him play. And then Grant Paul got some minutes again. Uh, I like watching Grant Paul play too. He just mm-hmm. seems very like steady uh, on the court. Such mm-hmm. a glue guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't really get. Doesn't really get too frazzled or anything like that. He was out there, stayed calm, and I mean, this was the biggest game of the season uh, to the point, or to this point, um, trying to be Alma. But uh, I mean, great, great team game. Hayden Jones had 27 minutes off the bench as well. Didn't score at all, but he had four steals. So can't argue with four steals. No, not at all. Hayden Jones is another fun player to watch. I've been enjoying enjoying watching him so far this season. Um, but that Alma game, shooting numbers weren't. Super great, 39% from the field, 33% from three, which you'll take that from three-point range. Yeah. And then uh, free throws, again, pretty low at 66%. Still just, I don't know what it is, man. Like, this team just has not been that great shooting free throws this season. We've seen this on both teams mm-hmm. where in a game where it's like, man, if this comes down to a wire, like, free throws is what's going to lose this game for them. Mm-hmm. And the women, I mean, they just haven't been in those games where free throws have become too much of yeah, a factor. Yeah, th- thankfully. But with the men's team, it's there's so many of them. And we talked with Brooks Miller on Wednesday. He said like a lot of those misses are on the front ends of one and one on one and ones. Mm-hmm. And those are turnovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not even giving getting an opportunity for a second shot there. And it's just one of those things where you're like, man, 
you think it would be figured out by now. Mm-hmm. I mean, at this point in the season, it's like only two games left before conference tournament time, and uh, we're still seeing these shooting woes. I think the here, let me pull up the the team stats real quick. So the team right now is if I can find it, that would be awesome. Um, so overall, our stats don't look as bad as that one stretch that we had. Mm-hmm, where, mm-hmm. And you would think all of those would bring it down. So right now the team uh, on the season is shooting 67.8% from the free throw line, which is not not the best. No. Um, you know, and I'm not really sure why that is because I feel like whenever I'm watching these games, it seems like for the most part these guys are cashing in on free throws, but I guess over time that's going to build up many – uh, Manny McNongle against Alma had seven free throws. He only made three of them. And, you know, the excuse might be, like, he's a center. Like, big guys are supposed to be better free throws. But, yeah, I mean, those just, are those are free points. Those are those should be a free two points every single time. So, basketball is just not like that anymore. Mm. Like, if it was, like, 2010, you could probably get away with that. But yeah. at this point, it's just you got to figure out free throws. Mm. I mean, now you're seeing, you're seeing centers shoot, like, jacket up threes and stuff, too. I mean, yeah. Brent Cox is working on his three-point game. But, um... Yeah, I'm not really sure why that is. It just, yeah, a lot of those one-on-ones. We see a lot of these guys splitting their free throws, hitting the first and missing the second. Um, and that's just not something you want to see. Nick Bowman, he went six or seven from the line. so He's really improved on free throws. Because earlier in the season, it was yeah, not great for him, but yeah. he's really worked on it. He, he's been hitting that. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just shooting overall this, this year as a team. It has not been uh, maybe what we expected uh, or where we expected it to be from last year. But, um, and it's so weird because after last year, everyone has such high expectations mm-hmm, for this team, mm-hmm. right? I mean, team that was white hot going into it, going throughout pretty much the entire season. Mm-hmm. And the the last game of the season against Albion was one of the better games that we that probably everyone that stayed in the MTI Center has ever seen in their life. Oh, yeah, that was a great game. And then you just you think so much you have all of summer to build up and you have all the fall sports, man. I can't mm. wait for basketball. And then it gets yeah. to that and they just and it's it happens with basketball. Sometimes you just cannot shoot. We talked I talked to Aiden about it. He said eventually they're gonna fall, man. Like it's just the way basketball is. Yeah, yeah. I mean Yeah, it's it's just it's interesting because last year I felt like this team just shot the lights out all yeah. season last year. I mean, from start to finish, those those 17 games that they played, they were hot the whole season. Um, and then, you know, part of it may be, you know, now that the, now these teams had a whole year to prepare to play Trine again, you know. I think last year we were a little bit of a surprise. Like, I don't think anyone expected Trine. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, expected to be good, maybe not expected to go 17-0. Right, no one... Well, no one was expecting Nick Bowman to have the season that he mm-hmm. did because he mm-hmm. was a bench player. Yeah. There was times where he didn't even get on the floor at some points. He said, he's like, I started my first few games, and then I was on the bench, and then I eventually stopped playing him for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where that was such a surprise team, and you, you're exactly right. I mean, everyone, <laughs> when they see trying their schedule, they're circling it. Yeah. And uh, one thing that, I mean, this was a huge boost uh, to Trine was – from last season to this season, they returned all five starters, and yep. that's that's a huge boost for the team. Return because, everyone, yeah, because now you have all these guys with this experience. Same team that went number two last year, but then on the flip side of that, every team knows exactly like every team that played us last year knows exactly what to expect this year. Like you know, oh, like Nick Bowman, he's a high flyer, like he's gonna like try and get out and run in the in the fast break, 
And now they know, like, all right, like, we know what Nick Bowman's strengths are. We know what Aiden can do. We know what Bryce can do. And so it's hard for teams to consistently have amazing seasons. And that's what makes, like, the win streak that Hope had so incredible is that for five years straight, they were just running everybody. Like, I mean, that's just – it's so difficult. But regardless, I mean, this season has not been a bad season by any means for our team. It has not been a bad season. It's maybe – in some in some aspects, maybe a little bit disappointing because you know now everyone has this expectation that you guys are going to win conference again, and um, but like regardless, I mean they still have a chance to win conference. By no means is it out of the picture. I mean they played great against Hope, Calvin. They were so close the first time around. The second time around, Calvin played a little bit better, mm-hmm. but I mean regardless, it's still one hundred percent achievable. And I mean I think this team could do it. Fifteen and eight is not a bad record right. to have. And the thing with this season is that, and I. Again, I talk with Aiden about it. I said, you guys you guys struggle a little bit, but you have never been out of a game, mm-hmm. like, ever. They're all, like, five to ten-point losses, no blowouts or anything like that. And it just to the point where if, those, if the shots fall, if half the shots fall, the ones that were going in and out, you're winning the game. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And now they're going to have to fight for – to get into the tournament, and we've heard people talk around campus. They're playing their best basketball at the moment. Mm-hmm. They've but, been they've been hot. Yeah, but it's just when you look at the record and what the selection committee will do, they'll look at the record, they'll look at who they've beat, who they've lost to, and factor all that in, and they're, we're going to have to fight for it. Oh, yeah. I mean, and a lot of these – a lot of the games that our men's team has dropped this season have, like, been to, like, very good teams. They – uh, lost by ten to Mount Union. Mount Union right now is ranked tenth in the in the poll. Um, they lost to Heidelberg, who I don't think is ranked anymore. But at the time of the ranking, I think they were in the top ten, top fifteen. Wisconsin Lacrosse is currently ranked seventh in the country. Um, lost to Hope, who we all know is a good team. Calvin is receiving votes for the top twenty-five. So all of these games that they've lost, uh, apart from the Alma game, have been to quality opponents. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think all of them or almost all the teams that we've lost to have spent time at some point in the top 25 pool. Uh, I know for a fact Heidelberg and uh, Mount Union were. I think Hope has been close. I don't know if they've cracked the top 25. I know they've been very close. Calvin right now is receiving votes as well. So not not a season, maybe not. Maybe they didn't do as good as maybe they were expecting or at least the expectations that were put upon them. But regardless, they still have a chance to win the conference. And if you win the conference, that's an automatic bid. Yeah. And they have a genuine shot to do it. They've lost to Calvin twice. Um, you got to think that third mm, time you got mm, they're gonna get. Them. It's hard to beat a team three times in the year. If you see the same team three times, it's hard yep. for it would be ridiculously hard for Calvin to beat trying twice. So one advantage they do have is the next time we play Calvin will be at Calvin. Mm. But the last time they they played at Calvin it was only a, I think a one or two point loss. One point loss, and it was that was the beginning started out rough for both teams, mm. but man, it ended up being a classic game there, and just. Yeah, I think I've mentioned on the broadcast because I remember last year when I'm thinking Purdue-wise, I'm a big Purdue fan. Ooh. Purdue crushed Ohio State the first two times they played them, right? Mm-hmm. Then again, the Big Ten tournament, Ohio State crushes them. Mm-hmm. It's just the way of it is. Like yeah. you said, if you play a team three times, they beat you the first two times, you're most likely going to win that third yeah. one. Yeah, and, like, it'd be different if, like, Trident was, like, some pushover team, but they're not, you know? Yeah. And these guys are all – I mean, I know all of these seniors want to get a second ring. Uh, you know, th- the first one was sweet, but I think the second one would be even sweeter for these guys to go out conference champs. And I think they have – 100% they have the ability to do it. They already beat Hope 
yep. which was at the time probably the biggest uh, mountain that they had to climb. Be Hope, uh, emphatically, might I add, that was. I mean, that was. I can't wait to talk about that. Okay. That, was, that was such a good game, but you know, they'll probably finish the season winning out. They probably went out their last two games at Kalamazoo and at Adrian. Can't count anyone out though, but you know, I'm I'm predicting a win for both of those games. Yeah. Especially then, this conference mm-hmm. on the men's side, we were talking about it. It's so balanced. Yeah, like there's so many teams where, and I think I've mentioned this before, but I'm gonna tell it again. I have a couple classes of Reese, and this was before they were going to Albion, and Albion was number one at the conference at that point. We were their only loss in conference. We beat them by like forty. Mm-hmm. I was like, how are they number? How are you guys the only loss for them? Because they played so poorly mm-hmm. against us. And he's like, man, that's, that's the conference dude. Like ev- everyone yeah. is pretty much at an even level. Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like watching the MIAA on the med side. It's kind of just like March madness for like three straight months. Yeah. Like anyone could lose at any given moment to anybody. We saw that with the Alma game. Uh, I think everyone on trying to campus kind of thought Alma's like a pushover, like it's going to be an easy win. We're going to, they're coming here. We're going to walk all over them. And that was not the case. I mean, Alma came in here and smacked, uh, smacked us in the mouth. And then, you know, I kind of feel like that was kind of like a wake up call for this team, you know, um, cause they lost to Alma and then they lost that game to Calvin by one point and Calvin is a great team. Turn around and beat Adrian by 20 plus, And then the game after that, they beat Olivet by 50 plus. Yeah. So, uh, it's safe to say that, you know, one loss is not to find this team at all. No. That Calvin loss, you know, you would have liked to have that, especially at home for the seniors. But it's not the end of the world, and I think these seniors will have a little bit of uh, be field of the fire. You know, Bryce said revenge, uh, revenge week, you know, and uh, now they have something to fight for. I think they want – I think this team wants Calvin in the, in the tournament. I think they want oh, yeah. to play Calvin in the tournament, and that's huge. You know, you know, I'm sure Calvin – you know, I'm sure they're confident, but you got to think they might be a little bit nervous, you know. This team only won by one the first time. You beat them by a larger margin the second time, but like still only nine. This is not yeah. It's not a team or that's 11, this sorry. is not a team that's a a pushover. So you know, I think the two teams, which kind of is like goes against all logic. You would think that you don't want to play Calvin, you don't want to play Hope, but I think this team wants to play both of those guys again and prove no, you, like you want the challenge. And like these guys are up to it, so I'm I'm very excited to see. Uh, for the postseason, but before we get there, got a game at Kalamazoo, and then a game at Adrian. And th- that Kalamazoo team, I know the record doesn't show it. That's a tough Kalamazoo. Mm-hmm. Team. They're so young. Lucas Broadsword has one of the better performances we've seen in the MTI Center. We'll talk about the number one spot here in a few mm-hmm. minutes. But that Kalamazoo team is tough, and uh, it, finishing on the road is rough, especially mm-hmm. two games right in a row yeah. on the road. Two games right in a row. Uh, you have one tomorrow on Wednesday, and then you have to go back up to Michigan again on Saturday to play Adrian, which will be another tough game just because it's Adrian. And um, the rivalry between Trine and Adrian cannot be understated. I mean, that's a huge game. Every sport, you know, every sport that we play Adrian in, it's always a rivalry game. Um, so that'll be a good one. But then, you know, you take care of business on those two. You're looking at a three seed. Most likely, I don't think Albion will be able to uh, knock off anybody. I think I think I think you said it already. I think we're guaranteed that'd be the three seed. Yeah, at if, least if if it all works out, it, three or four. Because if we were to drop the last two games, I'm not mm-hmm. saying we will. Yeah, but I mean it's the MIAA. You never know what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. But I think at this point, it's two or three seed, possibly four, mm-hmm. if everything goes completely wrong. So if uh, yeah, so if the if the regular season were to end today, we'd be looking at hosting Olivet for the first round. 
and then turning around and having to play probably the winner of the Hope Kalamazoo game, um, which would be not the most fun matchup ever. But, you know, already beat Hope once, and it wasn't like – I mean, it was a close game, but it wasn't like a one-point win. It was – Right. It was a – took a lot for them to win that game. Oh, yeah. And, I mean – that was that was such an exciting game, but yeah, I'm excited for the for the for the conference playoffs. We will get to host a game, hopefully. Yep. Assuming Trine wins out these next few games, we'll get to host one of the games. That'll be awesome. MTI Center will be absolutely bumping, so I'm excited for that. I have never been in MTI for like for like a full on no restrictions playoff atmosphere. Mm, I know me either. I mean, I'm. I'm excited because, I mean, last year it was crazy, and that was only not even – it was like 25% capacity. Yeah. And it was so much fun. It was so loud in there. I think Bryce said that's probably the loudest he's ever heard the MTI Center, which is mm-hmm. crazy because it was just students, and it was not even half full. So it'll be awesome when the whole student section is full. I mean, the stadium will may sell out. Like, we will see. It'll be crazy. I'm hoping for that women's game, though, because assuming we play Hope – that will be... That's the number one game in the country. Oh, yeah. That'll be crazy. I mean, how can it not be? You have two top five teams in the country playing each other for a conference title. Both teams are already locked for the playoffs for the for that national tournament. Yep. I mean, there's no way that you can have a national tournament this year without trying or hope. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, lots, lots of exciting things happening right now, Drew. Yeah, but speaking of hope, let's talk about the men's game against hope. This was an incredible oh game. Down 10 at half. Hope had all the momentum going into halftime. Yet Trine comes out with a seven-point win. Mitchell Geller was insane. Mitchell Geller, I mean, he started slow. It was kind of like the story of the entire team. Had a slow first half. I think he only had two points in the first half. Yep. Very slow start. And then the second half, I mean, the, I think the biggest thing he did, I mean, I, he had 20 points uh, and eight rebounds, which is huge. But I think the biggest way he affected the game was fouling out both of Hope's mm-hmm. post players. You got Wiegerink and Bikus. Mm-hmm. Who are two they're two starting post guys. I think Bikus was like their four and then Wiegerink was like their center. Mm-hmm. I mean they Hope kind of plays like positionless basketball, sort of like we do. Yeah. But there's some who are definitely more mm-hmm. position locked than others. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Bikus had fourteen points. He fouled out and then Wiegerink, who was not not putting up huge numbers on the stat sheet, he was still making his presence felt. He only played 15 minutes, and he fouled he fouled out in 15 minutes guarding Mitchell Geller. Yeah, and he was someone where he wasn't he doesn't average double figures, but he was someone where you would look at his stats and he was shooting like 60 percent from the mm-hmm. field and like 40 percent from three. Yeah, and you're like man, that guy's gonna be dangerous if we can't stick on him. But he only went one of two from the field, didn't even attempt a three. Evan Thomas, man, oh man, he was so good. He's the one thing that because. And we, t- I talked with Bryce about it. I think it was before you were there to mm, record. Yeah. Because I was like, dude, I do not remember Evan Thomas at all from last year. Like, what, what's up with him? And mm-hmm. he's like, he, had, he was really good freshman year, had an off year last year, and now he's in contention for MIAA Player of the Year because he's won four Player of the Weeks. I mean, I could – I mean, I see it. When he was playing, uh, like, when he was on the court, it just looked like, for him, like, the game was just moving in slow motion. I mean, Yeah, he was he, so quick, yeah, dude. <laughs> he played so fast. I mean, not only, like, did he just have, like, speed, but, like, laterally, like, moving side to side, he was so quick and so shifty. Like, uh, watching him, like, cross over and stuff, like, he was so quick. Like, I mean, it looked like Division One type lateral speed. Like, he was like, just able to move the ball so well, and then... 
I mean, it felt like he could kind of just score whatever he wanted to. Like, uh, he went eight for 19, uh, one for five from three, which was huge. But he had seven rebounds, four assists, and a steal. So he still put up stats. He had 26 points on the game. Um, Another thing with Geller I mean, wow. that I found impressive was that he didn't foul out because Evan Thomas was driving into him mm-hmm. Any, mm-hmm. any chance that he could. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of people who could have fouled out in the game. I mean, Connor Jones fouled out who played. I thought Connor Jones played a fantastic he game did. as well. Amazing. 11 points, but man, his defensive effort was so good. And he fouled out on a blocking foul, trying to get a charge. No mm. better way to foul out. Yeah, I mean, he put his heart out there. Uh, Nick Bowman had four four fouls. It was fun watching him and uh, him and uh, uh, Thomas go to work on each other. Uh, I mean, that was like top two players in the conference type deal right there. I mean, that was that was so much fun to watch. And then I thought Hayden Jones did a great job guarding Evan Thomas as well. Um he had three fouls, but that's kind of to be expected. You're yeah. going gonna to rack up fouls when you're guarding a player like that. But, yeah, Hayden Jones came off the bench. Didn't really score much on offense, but defensively he played great. I mean, but Mitch Geller, man, player of the game for sure. I and mean, one thing I realized, um, the bench for this team, they had four points at halftime. You remember mm, right? we've talked yeah, about that? Yeah. They had four points for the entire game. So yeah. the starting lineup scored every single point. They scored all – 30, uh, 55 points in the second half. That's, um, you know, it worked out. Yeah, it worked but you out. you definitely need more production for your yeah, bench. Yeah, no, that's, it's concerning because, like, four points from your bench is not going to win you games. It just so happens that all five starters put up double-digit points. Yeah. Connor Jones had 11, Aiden had 12, Bryce Williams had 15, and then, of course, Nick and Mitch both had 20 apiece. So, I mean... That that might be a little bit concerning, but also I I mean these stars they just stepped up. I mean they played, they played amazing. Like I mean, the season wasn't on the line. Uh, we're, I mean everyone's making the MIAA tournament. The so. number one seed was on the line mm-hmm. for sure. But number one seed was on the line, uh, and by winning this game, uh, trying to put themselves in a position to maybe make a run at the number one seed. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out that way because the next game they played to Calvin and lost. But I mean, huge, especially because Hope came into the game eight and one in the conference. Yeah. Uh, just absolutely running the conference, um, and we dispatched them. wasn't easy. wasn't by no means easy, but, I mean, wow, what a great game. I mean, and, and these guys played their hearts out. Yeah, and trying to end up finishing, let's call it 60% from the field and 50% from three. 67% from the free throw line, you know, could be better. And there was, but Mitchell Geller, we talked about your centers, and he'd be able to hit threes, eight for ten. Bowman, six for seven. Bryce, three of four. Aiden, one for two. Connor, one for three. And then Ryan Preston, over one. Brent Cox, over one. But, and that was just, that was such a good game. I mean, it was, it was nuts. I mean, the atmosphere in there was crazy. And that was one of the most physical games I think I've called so far. Yeah. I mean, and the refs let them play. Mm-hmm. We had dudes diving all over the court for loose balls. We, it was, it was wild. And I mean, wow, every time, Every time someone made a shot, I thought the the ceiling on the MTI center was gonna explode. Yeah. I mean, it was it was loud in there. It was only six hundred people there, and it was still crazy loud in there. I mean, I can't even imagine how it sounded like on Saturday with that many people <laughs> packed in there. Dude, that, it was such an atmosphere. Let's go ahead and talk about because Calvin unfortunately beating trying seventy five sixty four. The men's crowd twenty nine forty three. Um, that's crazy. Calvin traveled very well with their crowd. Like Calvin's mm. crowd was pretty loud themselves. 
But, man, when it came down to the wire and it was getting to be a really close game, it was unbelievable in there. Almost kind of glad I had the headset on just because it's a, it's a protection. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. yeah. I mean, man, it was a good game. Luke Morrison, by far the best performance I've ever seen in in the MTI Center by an opposing player. 33 points. uh, Full stat line, 37 minutes. 11 of 20 from the field, 3 of 8 from 3. 100% from the free throw line. That's huge. But one three that he had was right at the shot clock. Shot clock was going down, and he did like a – 180 in the corner, fading away out of bounds. Like, the toughest shot you could ever hit in the half court and just nails it. And that was just – it was pretty much the end. Three rebounds, three assists, three steals, no no blocks, only one turnover, and only one foul for Luke Morrison. And a lot of offensive rebounds. Calvin only had seven, but they got all seven at the right time when Mm. we were surging back. Yeah, I mean – that's that's something that we've seen uh, a lot, I feel like. This is one game where we out-rebounded the other team on the offensive blast, but a lot of the times you see these other teams grabbing so many offensive boards, getting those second-chance points, and especially in a game that was as tightly contested as this one and was as important as this one was. Seven seven offensive rebounds to 12, you would think, you know, try and won that, but I think, I mean, Calvin, I mean, like you said, when they needed them, they got them. Yeah, and, then, that was huge. and it was towards the end of the game, and they would just waste time with it because that's another 20 seconds off yeah, the clock. Yeah, that, you get a fresh shot clock um, to do with whatever you please. So, I mean, Luke Morrison, I mean, what a game. I mean, I mean hats off to him. That was a he, crazy good game. He was the defending MIAA player of the week going into the game. He won it again this week. Oh, no question. Obviously. No question. If he didn't, honestly, I was going to go talk to MIAA about it. Well, look, we do have we do have a piece to say about uh, voting and polls in Division Three basketball, but that's yet to yeah, come. We'll, we, we'll get to that. We'll get there in a second. But Nick Bowman finishing the game with 24 points, and there was someone where my mom came up to watch the game, and she said, I told her that Bowman had, 20, had 24, and she was like, really? And that's something I think I've talked with you is like, Nick scores so much, but it's honestly at points where you – he doesn't stick out to me whenever mm. I go and rethink through a game. It's just because he drives all the time. He doesn't get, like, the big shots or anything like that. He's just a solid scorer. Yeah, and I think uh, part of that reason is, like, he's not a ball hog. You know, yeah. I mean, there there are some possessions, like, down the court where he might not even touch the basketball. And, um, I mean, that's huge. Because, like, when you have a guy who's coming down – bringing the ball up the court all the time – no matter how good he is, the defense knows like to expect like, all right, he's going to come this way and they'll start picking up on your tendencies. But when you're like Nick and you're passing the ball off, you're getting everyone involved. The defense can't just focus on you. And then that's what allows you to have so many points is because you dish the ball off to Bryce. Now you have a three point threat and now you have to come out and cover Bryce. That might open up a lane for Nick to just drive right through, get a little bit of a, uh, a backdoor pass, easy cut to the, easy cut to the basket. And, you know, he also gets his post guys involved. You know, there's a lot of guards out there who will, just pass the ball around the perimeter, kind of going uh, north-south. But with Nick, he's going east-west. He's trying to get the ball down to the post to Mitch and uh, to Brent Cox. And then, of course, you have uh, a great supporting cast in that starting lineup. Bryce Williams, great shooter. Aiden Warzeka, I mean, he is a game manager. Like yeah. he, he He's not going to jump out at you uh, with, like, 25 points a game like Nick is. But, like, his ability to just control the pace of the game and the offense is huge. And... um 
He's a, he's he's part of the reason that Bryce is able to play or not Bryce Nick is the way is able to play the way that he does. Yeah, because Aiden, I mean, Coach Miller might trust Aiden with the ball more than he trusts Nick with the ball. I mean, he's just so smart with it, and he can just. Uh, Bryce said something to us about it about his vision when it comes to passing. Yeah, where is, it just uh, he has no idea mm, where he got that mm, from. It's incredible. So I mean. I feel like the starting five, I feel like their play styles complement each other perfectly, like all of them. Bryce said Bryce hit on that a little bit uh, with the backcourt, but I think from top to bottom, just the chemistry on this team is wild. And one thing with Aiden, I know I'm biased. He was on the podcast where I got to stick <laughs> up for my guy, right? Aiden was called for two fouls. during. He had three in the game, but he was mm. called for two of them specifically where he hit the guy, I know Ben, but no one's yeah. going to say, hit him right here on the hand, mm. right? Like right at the bottom of the palm. And they kept calling it a foul. Mm. Now, if you know basketball at all, <laughs> you should know that hand is part of the ball. Mm. And sure, he got skin. It sounded like it was a foul. But if you look at it and you're actually looking with your own eyes, it's definitely not a foul. He's hitting him on the hand. He got mm. called for that twice. Should have had two blocks in the game. But you know, Aiden, I got you, dog. Maybe this is just me grasping at straws. But I always, I always stand by the fact I think refs in the MIAA are a little bit biased towards trying, and not just basketball, in all sports. Um, just cause, I mean, maybe it's fair enough because the MIAA was, is the oldest conference in college sports. And then you have this team called Tri-State who just decides to join the conference about 25 years ago and immediately just starts destroying everybody who has been in this conference for years. So like part, part of his understanding also trying, at least on the men's side is the only team in Indiana. Yeah. All the other teams are in uh, Michigan. Obviously on the women's side, there's also St. Mary's, but I mean, I'm not here to debate whether or not the refs are biased, but, you know, you may have a case for it. Uh, and I think, I mean, maybe reasonably so. I wouldn't like it too much if, like, I was an MIAA alumni and then all of a sudden this this stupid team from Indiana just comes in and starts winning rings and just destroying everybody. I don't know if I'd appreciate that too much either. But, you know, it's a trying thing. It is a trying thing. And a tough game. Again, only nine points off the bench. Brown at five, Mangongo at four. We talk about it all the time. I mean, Hayden Jones, he hasn't really been able to get in too much and hasn't really been able to making shots. Uh, he's he's been so on, good defensively, mm, but at some point you have to think, man, he, he's got to start hitting shots. Yeah, soon. and he's been on like a cold streak because I remember at the beginning of the season. Oh, he was on Hayden, fire. Hayden Jones was hitting like Bryce Williams shots. Like I remember – I think it was a Heidelberg game. He was pulling up from, like, obviously there's no volleyball line on the M MTI center court. Right. But, like, if you've played basketball in a gym or, like, in a high school gym, that volleyball line behind the three-point line, like, four or five feet behind the line, he was pulling it from there and cashing in on it and then just hit a little bit of a slump here in the season. I mean, that's to be expected. He's still, yeah, he's a freshman. Yeah. Um, so it's expected, you know, you'll have slumps every now and then. Um, but the good thing is, defensively, he's still been playing at the same level all season. So... Uh, that's definitely something to build on, obviously. Um, I mean this as respectfully as possible, Hayden, because for real, you're one of my favorite players on the team. Respectfully as possible, obviously, he's not playing 15 minutes a game for his offense at this point in the season. Yeah. He's playing for his defense, and rightfully so. He should be. I mean, And that's something that uh, Andy always says. That mm -hmm. He talked to Hayden at one point, and he said, dude, I only play because of my defense. Like, my offense is not the reason why I'm out mm -hmm. there. And, I mean, he has – he has the potential to be one of the best offensive players on this team, especially next year. He has all the potential to do that, but defensively, he has the potential to be the best defensive player. Also, be on the this is a hot, maybe not so much a hot take, but be on the lookout for Hayden Jones the next few years. He might be, 
in the talk for like MIAA player of the year. Oh, I, like he is I defensively already playing with the top dogs defensively. He's one of the best defenders in the conference as a freshman. And now all he has to do is get back to that hot streak he had at the beginning of the season offensive. We're talking like another Nick Bowman type player, yeah. which is wild to say because I didn't think I would compare anyone to Nick Bowman because he's just like a god to us here on the campus of Trinity University. But, I mean, Hayden has the potential. And another one that uh, Bryce mentioned was Ryan Preston, who's been getting a few minutes, not a ton. He's been playing very sparingly. But he's another dude with just that pure athleticism that will be uh, huge uh, next year. But, uh, man, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself because we still have the rest of this exciting season to wrap up first. But I'm excited. I think Hayden Jones and Manny McNonglo, that combination next year, makes Trine maybe the scariest defensive team in the conference. Oh, man. Just, I mean, we're already scary enough on defense, but yeah. imagine losing all these great defensive guys, and then you're just bringing in people who maybe a little bit below on, on lo- talent-wise when it comes to defense, but still so so solid. Yeah, it might be a little bit below this year, but by next year there will be and they won't be below by the time we get started for tip off next season. No. Um man, this team is just so exciting. I just I always get excited talking about this team cuz not only for this year we have a shot to win another conference championship and a chance to make the national tournament but the next year have a chance to make another run at a conference championship and it's just I came I came uh to Trinity University and enrolled at the right time because this is yeah. a great time for basketball on Trinity campus. Um it's a great both time men's for and women's all sports. Honestly. honestly. All, all sports, uh, almost all sports on campus have been, uh, I mean, in the hunt for a ring. And the yeah. teams who are not in the running for a conference championship will be within, like, the next two years. All the ones that aren't are very young. Mm-hmm. And then you have teams like the track and field team, both men's and women's competing for a ring. Uh, football team is always in the conversation. Hockey, men's hockey this year, we were just talking about it. Phenomenal season so far. I mean, we all know about the women's basketball team. Come on now. Like, we all know. Um, Softball, I mean, and lacrosse is not that far behind either. Lacrosse had a little bit of a down year last year. But, again, younger team. They have some experience. I mean, who knows? Trying could just straight up – I would not be surprised in the next two years if trying to straight up wins every single sport. Oh, you're calling a sweep. I'm calling a clean MIAA sweep for Trine University. That would be insane. Dude, I... And honestly, I don't think it's that far-fetched of an idea. It's really not, because, I mean, think about this year. I mean, on the 26th of February, we have a chance to win four conference titles in one day. Yeah. Between the men's and women's track team and the men's and women's basketball teams. Um, I mean, obviously things may not shake out that way because it's conference championship time, so it's going to be the best of the best. But the fact that we're even talking about it as a plausible thing is wild. Yeah, because like, most what? schools, they're like, well, technically we have a chance to yeah, win four, yeah. but then none of them are like, it's not, reali- it's not realistic, mm-hmm. though. For us, it's highly realistic. Yeah, there's a lot of teams who are, um, are a lot of a lot of schools who are like, I guess I'll call them like one-trick ponies, like great at one sport and then kind of meh at the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like at this point, when you talk about just the conference in general, I feel like the only two in conversation at the top should be Trine and Hope because Hope runs everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Trine is right there with them uh, in basically every single sport. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe ACHA hockey might be the only one that they're not just because Hope <laughs> What is up with Hope's ACHA yeah, hockey team? Literally the greatest hockey team on the face of the planet, <laughs> I guess. Like, it's wild. 27-0, shout out to them. But, I mean, 
Yeah, man. Who it, knows? It always seems like whenever it comes down to a championship for conference, it's the final game that settles it all is trying and hope, no matter what sport. Yeah. That's how it was in football this mm-hmm. year. It's how it's probably going to be in basketball. Yep, yep. I mean, like, yeah, it's kind of like consistently the top two teams, is, like, it feels like you're always talking about trying to hope, and then that third, fourth team are usually, like, interchangeable. It's Albion a lot of the time. Um, Albion's a... Great, have a great athletic department over there at Albion. Um, but usually it's like what, like Albion, maybe, maybe Adrian. Adrian yeah. yeah. Um, I know for women, St. Mary's is in the mix sometimes, but I mean, wow. It's kind of like for a conference that has so much parity between all the teams, there's really like not yeah. any parity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, yes, like, uh, sure, uh, Kalamazoo could be trying any given night, which is true. But then, for some reason, at the end of the season, it's still the same two, three teams at the top of the league, which, I mean, that's that'll, I'm sure that'll change. Calvin playing great men's basketball right now. Um, Olivet has been on the come-up for football, so I'm excited for that yeah. in the fall. But, I mean, wow. Conference time is it's just so much fun. I love, I love conference championship time. Um, I need more T-shirts. Yes, for real. I I'm need, running out of hangers in my closet. I don't care. <laughs> I need more conference championship T-shirts. So, men, men's basketball, women's basketball, if you're listening, come on, I need two more. Because I got the shirt for the track and field team last year. And mm-hmm. people were like, why did you get that? And I'm like, because. dude, how many times am I going to be able to buy a conference championship T-shirt? Mm-hmm. I also cover all sports. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, wow. Softball has a chance to win a conference championship. They're seeded number one in the conference. Those rankings just released yep. today. The and preseason like poll. 16th overall in yep. the nation. I mean, how many teams do we even have here that rank in the top 25? Softball. Too many. Uh, <laughs> Too many to count. I believe both of our track and field teams are. Uh, uh, women's, women's basketball. basketball. Um, I'm not really sure how they do the rankings for uh, hockey, if it, like, in the ACHA. Uh, we were... Uh, for ACHA, AC, I have no idea. NCHA, um, we were receiving votes mm. for the men's side, mm. which they only count the top 15. Yeah. So we're yeah, in the top a, 25 there. Yeah. So it's a little bit different. Uh, our men's team obviously started the season ranked in the top 25, dropped out. Um, and that's not so much like a knock against our team. It's just there's so many great basketball teams out yeah. there. So and I mean, I always feel like football is always in the mix. Football hasn't been ranked in the top 25 for a little bit. Um, we've beat some really yeah, good teams. Have beat so. some really good teams. Um, but I mean, man, I mean, snap, man. We could be talking conference championship. Literally, this is a year round thing. Yeah. Because in the fall, we're going to be talking about how football is competing for a conference championship. Uh, men's and women's soccer. Men's soccer just won a conference yep. championship. Women's well, soccer was in the tournament. Yeah. Women's soccer had a. Great shot to make it. They'll be back. They have a lot of returning players. Yeah. They have so many people coming back like, next what, year. Three or four seniors. Yeah, and, like, the rest of the team is lots of freshmen, lots of sophomores. So, I mean, they'll be coming back next year. Men's soccer played great this year. I mean, we'll be talking about conference championships all year. Yeah. Because then in the winter, we're going to have women's basketball again. And then in the spring, we got track and field. We got softball, baseball in the coming years. Last year, down year, but they'll be back for sure. It's not a trying thing to be losing games. So No. Speaking you know, get it fixed. of the women's team, let's talk about their week. Oh, man. They were at Kalamazoo on Wednesday and schmopped them. Yeah, 80 <laughs> to 35. Just absolute smattering. KT had 13. Kale Wildman had 11. 
for Kalamazoo, uh, one person scored in double figures, which I think is an improvement from the last time they played. I believe that is an improvement. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, steamrolling. I mean, look at this. I mean, I think the entire bench got in against Kalamazoo. Literally, I think every single person that tried and dressed for that game got minutes. Let me see. Hoover I mean, it, got in. Stout got it's in. Close. McGowan, Broward, Kylan. I think you're right. Because, uh, and even Mott got in. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right, dude. So every every single person that dressed for that game got playing minutes. Kelly Argyle finally got back in. Yeah, she, finally Kelly Argyle's back. She only played eight minutes, but, you Seven know, points, dude. Seven <laughs> points in eight minutes. We'll take that. Coach like, all right, you've done all you need to do. You can go ahead and have a seat. I mean, wow. Uh, this women's basketball team is so exciting. I feel like every time we talk about women's basketball, I think I'm just repeating myself. Like, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know if I got to, I don't know how many times I got to say it, but this team is the real deal. I mean, best women's basketball team that I've ever had the the honor to watch at the Division Three level. Um, I mean, I can confidently say I think this, this basketball team would be competing with uh, – not even just like the top of like division three, but I'm thinking like division two teams. Like, I think so. D one might be a bit of a stretch, but there are definitely D one teams out well, there that this team we could be. Only lost to Butler by seven. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, there are definitely D one teams that if you put them on the schedule, that this team could be. Yeah, one hundred percent that there are, and like I'm talking like power five schools, like teams in like the SEC or the Big Ten. Yeah, there's definitely some schools this team could beat, which is absolutely insane to think that those girls are getting scholarship money. And our girls are here just doing it because they love the sport. Right. I mean, obviously, they're all playing because they love the sport. Duh. But, like, I mean. I mean, it helps when you get some cash. It does help. <laughs> it does help. But, uh, yeah, KT had 13 points, five rebounds, uh, assist, a steal, and a block. So, really padding the stats there. Um, where is she? Come she on now. Three offensive rebounds. Rachel Stewart had – can't even call it a down game. She had eight rebounds. <laughs> Absolute hustler. And had three steals. Eight rebounds, three steals, and a block. She only had three points, though, but that's okay when you're getting eight rebounds, three steals, and a block. Doesn't matter. So, at I mean. At that point, when you produce so much on defensive on the defensive end. I mean, wow. Just, just, uh, still still riding the Rachel Stewart uh, fan bus. Catch the Rachel Stewart fan bus making a stop to a conference championship near you. Uh, <laughs> We're gonna be so hyped! <laughs> oh my goodness, man! I this like yeah, this team just makes me excited. Like watching them, talking about them, even just reading their stats. I mean, just an exciting team. We get to call one more game of theirs before the season is done. Absolutely, we're guaranteed two more home games at least. We have St. Mary's at home on uh, tomorrow. Well, mm-hmm. I guess I don't know when this episode's coming out, but Wednesday, yep. February sixteenth. Uh, St. Mary's Drew and I will be on the call for that one. That'll be an exciting one. And then we're guaranteed at least one home game um, for the uh, for the tournament. It's looking like right now, uh, if I can pull it up. Um, it probably be St. It's looking like we're going to be playing St. Mary's again at home um, mm-hmm. because Oliva is not going to make the tournament. Um, unfortunately, Oliva is sitting at 0-15. So at it'll this be, moment, we never know. Yeah. It's, they still have a chance. They could still they could still get in. Kalamazoo only has two wins, so feasibly if Kalamazoo if, if loses, all of it wins out. <laughs> yeah, if all of it wins out, they have a chance to make the tournament. Um, so it'll probably be yeah, we'll probably play St. Mary's. Hope we'll get Kalamazoo. 
Um, Albion will play Adrian, and then Calvin and Alma will play. Um, if the season were to end right now, obviously those will change a little bit uh, as we wrap up the season. But, Drew, I think it's time to go on a little rant here. Um, we have Well, we have one more game. Oh, we do have one more game to talk yeah. about. So, uh, Senior Day, Trine hosted Calvin, winning 65-47. Gabby Timmer had 19 points for Calvin. Uh, she earned MIAA Player of the Week after that past week. She KT, had six blocks. Holy yeah. smokes. Yeah, she... Wow. KT had 10. Kale Wildman had 10. Uh, Kaylee Argyles got the start, seven points. Rachel Stewart... In the starting lineup, he got six points. Let's go, Rachel. Uh, Natalie Koontz came off the bench, and we interviewed after the game because she's been injured. Mm. She's like she she was feeling it a little bit at that point. It was she wasn't a hundred percent, but she did get a bucket, so that's all that really matters. I'm happy to see her back uh, after not getting to play at all this season. Uh, I'm just glad to see her get. She only got three minutes, but that's better than the zero minutes she's yep, played this entire minutes, season to this two point. Points, senior day. It's all. So, really so yeah, need. yeah, especially because it was senior day. That's uh, that's uh, that's great for her. I'm I'm happy for her. Um, hopefully, she'll get some more. She'll be able to play uh, in this in this tournament, the playoffs. Hopefully, this injury doesn't stick around too much, because I would love to see her getting uh, more playing time, um, especially since it's her, it's her senior year, her last go around here. So you know she deserves it. Um, man, again, another big game for the bench. Ton yeah. of players coming off the bench again. Um, Brooke Brower got in again. Michaela uh, McGowan got in. Sam Underhill. I'm excited to watch Sam Underhill next year. I'm excited to see her start. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. she's so good off the bench. She couldn't. I can't imagine what she is when she starts. Yeah, I mean it's just tough. She's she's definitely. I think maybe any other team in the conference, she is a starter. It just so happens that. We have some very, very talented seniors ahead of her. Mm-hmm. Um, but she will definitely be a starter next year, so I'm and excited for that. stuck with it, too, because the past two years, she's had to sit behind KT and Shea Herbert. Mm-hmm. And now she's – I mean, it's going to pay off because next year she will get that starting role. I can almost guarantee it unless by – There are a few unless guarantees there's, in life. Yeah. few guarantees in life. Uh, Aaron Gray Death being in class. Death Hex and Aaron Gray. <laughs> and <laughs> – and uh, Rachel Stewart being an absolute dog. And you can mark this one down, too. Sam Underhill will be a starter next season. <laughs> I really hope that works out for us. Yeah, for real. I'm calling it out, man. This is – maybe it's going to my head that I've been on this podcast too long. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> starting to make some outlandish calls. But that's not really all that outlandish either. No, it's not. I think that's all perfectly your, reasonable. Like, hot takes have been very moderate. <laughs> yeah, no, just wait Just wait until I get more comfortable. Next year I'll become with the hot takes, man. <laughs> Next year, you better watch out. You know, let's start right now. Softball for national championship. <laughs> Again, that's a moderate take. See, that's see, that's the, that's the problem. We go to a school like this where, like, all of my hot takes are, like, really not even hot takes. Yeah. If you were, like, what, if you what am I supposed to say? school, yeah. that would be a yeah. super hot take. Hot take. Jay Gladio wins the national championship. Oh, wait. He already did that last year. Like, what? <laughs> he already has more rings than Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah, for real. Literally. I mean, wow. It's crazy. That's wild. That's how I want to go out here at Trine. I want to leave Trine University with more rings than Michael Jordan. There you go. And I'm on pace. I could get six. Yes. So maybe not. We'll just have to, like, get a football ring. I'll have to go back and play football, and we'll have oh, to get a yeah, ring. So yeah. I'll get seven. And then I'll be the GOAT. <laughs> Put me in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's only two more games left this season. At uh, home against St. Mary's on Wednesday. 
and then at Adrian on Saturday. But we got to talk about something. Yeah, there's, this has been something that was uh, bothering you and I before we got in here. Um, and I've, I've even talked to one of the players, and they're not happy about it. Yeah, we well. got it. Uh, I don't know who. So I log on to uh, Twitter this morning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I I see, and I see from the uh, Trine Thunder Athletics, I see an article about the women's team. And I see in the, like, uh, snapshot of the article, like mm-hmm. the thumbnail. Yeah. It says number three. And then next to picture of one of the players. I'm like, huh. Yeah, that's weird. Because we were number two last mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. And then I go on to read it. We dropped one spot for Hope to move up? Yeah, yeah. Come on now. What's going on here? Who I don't know who these... Hold on. Let me see. I don't know D3 who... D3hoops.com. Yeah, D3hoops. I don't know who these coaches are that are voting for you guys are, but obviously none of them are from the MIAA because... So here's here's the thing, right? I mean, this is just bogus. And we're saying, like, it's 100% the politics of everything, right? It has yeah. to be... Yeah. Hope, it, hope, it's the name of Hope, but... And we were talking with people about it. It's like, well, Hope has a 6-1 game win streak. Guess who snapped it? Yeah, guess, yeah, guess who ended that win streak? And also, we're getting more first-place votes than Hope. Correct. We're second in first-place votes... We're, we're fine with the – who's number one? Christopher Newport. We're fine with one. them being number one. They're undefeated. They're getting more votes than us. Whatever. We get four first-place votes, and for some reason we get third in the nation? Yeah, no, that's just not – if there's any team that should be ranked number two above us, it should be Transylvania because they're the only other undefeated team in the top five. And if you want to talk about undefeated teams, Wisconsin Lutheran is also 20-0, but they're 15th, so they're kind of just out of the picture. But, yeah, so Christopher Newport got 17 first-place votes. Fair enough, like we said, yeah. twenty-one and zero, right deserving of that. Hope is number two, receiving two first place votes. Just... Trine University is number three, receiving four first place votes. Now, make that make if we were receiving more votes now, to be in first place, should we not? Should we or should we not be in? No, I'm not the biggest math guy. Yeah, but <laughs> it seems that four is greater than two, so therefore we should be two. They should be possibly fourth or even third, whatever. Yeah. You would think, I mean, like if hope wants to be number three, that's cool. Whatever. Yeah. As long as we're above them. And honestly, like, I think that's how it should be. I think the poll should be, I mean, Wisconsin white water received a first place vote and they're ranked seventh. There's not so, many times where you see, like if you go to the AP top 25 for D one and you'll be like others receiving votes. You don't see a team receiving votes in like they're receiving 100 votes and they're out of the top 25. Yeah. Yeah, like, like it's just not it doesn't make sense. If they're getting more votes, they are better. Yeah, that's what I'm saying like okay. So 25 these 25 coaches and like writers or whatever vote. Um so if you're telling me that four of these people, four of these individuals, decided that Trine was better than Hope, right? And then two individuals voted for Hope. I just don't see any way how this shakes out in which four is less than two. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I just don't understand. And I mean. Anyone come up with an equation, please tweet at us, Storm Center Pod. Yeah, if you. Do whatever. Yeah. If, if there's any reasoning behind your, behind this whatsoever, Please tell us because I was even talking to one of the players and they're like, I mean, the Calvin game wasn't the biggest winning margin, but it, 
they still won. Yeah, it's also it's senior day. You're getting a bunch of people in. You're mixing up different lineups, mm-hmm. stuff people haven't played with a bunch of people before. But I mean, who did Hope, who did Hope play last week? I have no the, idea. But Hope only, has not been playing yeah. that great. Exactly. They've been shooting like thirty percent each game. Like, I mean, this is no disrespect to Hope Women's Basketball because you know we all know about Hope Women's Basketball and they're they're ranked this high for a reason. Obviously, they're like they're, because they're the a great name. Team. That's the only. Well, okay, they would still be number three if it wasn't for. Oh no, this, I get that, this, but I'm saying yeah. that the only reason they're two is because it's hope. Yeah, and I don't know. This might just be a thing. Yeah, it might just be the politics because, like uh, we said before we started recording, uh, it's kind of like Nick Saban in Alabama. Like even yeah. if uh, Alabama lost to Texas A&M this year, right? Cincinnati was undefeated. Mm-hmm. Alabama in the final poll was ranked above Cincinnati in the final right. poll, right? And, like, you can say what you want about, like, oh, like, Cincinnati doesn't play in a Power 5 conference or whatever. But regardless, Alabama was ranked higher than other teams, not just Cincinnati, but teams like Ohio State or Michigan State or Michigan who were not, did not have a loss. And for some reason, they were just, it's because, you know, it's, like, just the case. It's because it's Alabama and Nick Saban. Like, that's why they received the votes. And... only concession I can see for this is that Hope played at Calvin and beat them 81 to 52. Obviously a larger margin. Mm-hmm. But again, looking at the circumstances of everything, it still doesn't make sense to me. And then they went to Olivet and beat them by 50, in which we know Olivet is not the best in the conference. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, not even close. <laughs> and they're going to be at Adrian tomorrow on Wednesday and then at Kalamazoo. So they're going to, they're still probably going to, what if hope ends up number one, then we need ah. to call up Christopher Newport. Yeah. I mean, like, all right guys, you guys got a bone to pick too, because we've already had this bone to pick. And, uh, here, I, I just want to do a little bit. Of research I will rant about Newport. this for three weeks. Yeah. So I don't no, care. this is, this is bogus, man. Um, so hold on. I'm looking at, uh, looking at, uh, Christopher Newport here. Um, Looking to see who they've played. I have not heard of any of these schools except for Finlandia. They beat Finlandia 90-67. to um, They have one more game against Salisbury. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't even know where Christopher Newport is located. Um, I would assume probably out west, probably in California or something, uh, just based on they play UC Santa Cruz. I think they're in the same conference. So I think, I'm thinking they might be out west. Could be completely wrong, though. They're... Uh... From Virginia? Virginia. Okay, so I was wrong. Um, I mean, I guess it makes sense. They played uh, North Carolina Wesleyan. Yeah. So, obviously, that was at North Carolina. Played at Roanoke. Um, I mean, man, they made a trek up to Finlandia, though. Yeah, that's... And then they went all the way up to Santa Cruz. Wait, UC Santa Cruz. That's, def- that's totally California. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It's, but it says they're in the same conference. Okay, maybe this team is this team might just be a cheat code. I'm not really sure. <laughs> they beat Pratt on February 13th, 90 to 30. Um, so that's kind of brutal. Uh, oh, they beat Roanoke 101 to 70. They beat Meredith 104 to 48. Oh, here's an here's an even better one. They beat William Peace 118 to 43. Good. Lord. Okay, you know what? This team is definitely deserving of number one. They beat Goucher Goucher 113 to 42. And they beat Bridgewater, Virginia, 109-59. to Okay, you know what? 
We're not going to make a case for Newport to not to be anything other than number one. They deserve it. After so, a further review. About their conference, they're in the coast-to-coast conference. Ah, that makes sense. Makes total sense now. That's got to suck, Why though. would you have a conference coast-to-coast? That has got to suck. I get, I mean, like, the Big Ten, I mean, they have people in New York, and then they have Nebraska and but Iowa. But, like, it's mostly, that's mostly, like, the Midwest. Yeah. And, like, the East. And then, like, well, like I guess, coast like. Coast-to-coast. There's the, uh. Was it the American Conference has like teams from all over? The American Conference is pretty spread out because uh, they have like Cincinnati and they have I think UCF, yeah. Houston, yeah. So, so they have UC Santa Cruz, Christopher Newport, Finlandia is in that conference. They used to be in the MIAA. They weaned out though. They got tired of getting clapped in the MIAA. They had to relocate. They have Mary Washington, Mills, Mount Mary, Pratt, and Salisbury. You know, I honestly expected Finlandia to join, like, a Wisconsin conference or something like that just because they're closer to Wisconsin than they are to, like, the MIAA, yeah. which is wild because they are in Michigan, but they're in the Upper Dude, Peninsula. It's, it's like the ear of the UP. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no. I'm so glad that we don't have to travel there anymore because that was, like, a 10-hour bus ride. I'm just yeah. I'm good. But hockey has to deal with that still. I'm still just so mad about the about these rankings. It's so... Unbelievably like, unjust. Yeah, I know. We beat Hope last. Like, I understand you. There's definitely a case to be made that Hope is still the better team because there will always be like you can make the case that Hope is better than Christopher Newport. Uh, but I also think you can make the case for Trine being better than Christopher Newport um, because Christopher Newport didn't have to play Trine or Hope. So, I mean, I guess it just uh, I guess it'll depend on how things shake out. Who knows? It might work out in Trine's favor coming in the national tournament. Being ranked lower than Hope, it may work out for them. Um, I think Trine is a one seed. Oh, yeah. We're I think seed. they're one seed. So, obviously, we're not even going to have to worry about Hope until at least the Final Four. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so. It's, it's just so frustrating, man. Like, yeah. it really is. And it's like, this is something that's always bothered me about the AP poll. And I don't really think there's any way to fix it just because how else are you going to rank teams? You have to have a group of people. Yeah, you have vote. to have voters. Like, you can't, yeah. Like, you can't just have one person just, like, decide yeah. who's what maybe you could make like a really complicated equation that takes all of the stats into account but like that's a lot of math Ken palm does that for uh, men's basketball in d1 he has tons of equations and statistics and ranks everyone yeah see like that would be that would be cool if we could get like a, an equation that would just give us a top 25 based on stats but then that would also end up like teams who play in like really weak conferences yeah. who just trounce everyone then they would be getting more votes than maybe they deserve so I don't know. It's really just, it's tough, man. And it's too bad we don't have like uh, multiple different polls. Like there's no coaches poll right. or um, like anything like that because it's Division Three. We just don't go into that in depth here. But I mean, yeah, well, it's disappointing to say the least. Especially because we only have one more loss in Hope, yeah. and one of our losses is to Hope. So it's like, oh man, it's just. It's tough, man, but who knows? Uh, we're going to get hope one more time this season, at least one more time, hopefully two more times. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, if we get hope four times or five times in a season, that has got to be like that's, – that's, that's a battle for the ages. Yeah. Man. Like, just yeah. this this matchup between hope and trying, like this rivalry is going to go down in Division Three women's basketball history. Maybe the great – History in general. Yeah, maybe one of the greatest rivalries in college sports right now. Underrated pick. Uh, number one, Hope and Try. Number two, Ohio State and Michigan. Wow. Um, number three can be like Texas and Oklahoma, I guess. The okay. Red River River. Nah, nah, Duke and, Duke and North Carolina. They can be up there. Anyways. Anyways. up there, by the way. 
Yeah, I guess. For basketball. Maybe not for football. No one watches the old Oak and Bucket game. But it's just because you're biased. You're a Purdue fan. Yeah, and I also did get a replica of the Oak and Bucket for Christmas. Okay, that actually is really dope. That's, that's <laughs> actually, actually sick. pretty that's cool. Sick. That's dope. But um, but yeah, that's our bone to pick with the AP. Yeah, that's cool. our rant for the week. Uh, stay tuned next week. We'll probably have a rant. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure we will. If Hope is still ranked above us in next week's poll, which I'm, they probably will be, we'll be right back here to tell you guys that, that is, you know, there's no wrong opinions except for this one. This is the only <laughs> wrong opinion. Okay. So, no disrespect to Hope. Yeah, that's it for basketball talk. Uh, believe so. So yeah, be sure to tune in Wednesday night. Ben and I are gonna be on the call for yeah, we're trying gonna, St. We're Mary's. Spin. That'll be a good game. Uh expecting a dub yeah. from the back door of Notre Dame. I mean, sorry, uh the University of St. Mary's. Oh. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? I don't know. <laughs> I'll go to St. Mary's, you know. What are they gonna do? It's not like I even compete against St. Mary's because it's a women only school, so I feel like I'm in the clear here. <laughs> the MIAA is going to reach out to us and be like, "Hey guys, you can't, you can't, you can't say that." <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, that's going to be it for basketball this week. <laughs> we'll be back next week. I won't, I won't say that on the broadcast. That's a podcast only thing. Okay. <laughs> big thank you to Jacob coming in as always, talking about hockey. Um, big. Uh, just huge time for the hockey team. going to be really exciting to watch. And thank you to Ben for coming and talk about basketball. That was our rant for the week. Yeah, we just, we, I don't know how to feel about it. So, yeah, that's pretty much it for this week. Be sure to follow everyone on Twitter, at StormCenterPod, at Trine Broadcast. I am at DEverhart00. Ben is at Ben Wangard. And Jacob is at Nelson0973. And just want to thank you guys for listening. Going to be a good week of sports. Good luck to all Thunder teams this week. We are coming right down to the wire in winter sports. So that will be it for this week. This is Storm Center. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.